Broadcasting the timeless Word of God in truth and in worship. 24 hours a day on The Way. 101.1 Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. As Iran aspires to build an army on Israel's border, Israel is preparing for all options, including airstrikes and a larger military response. Gain of function is a term most people haven't heard, but you will today. And a new report exposes anti-Semitism high in the government of Ireland. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we look at the signs of the times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hilt, and we want to thank you for joining us on episode 188, which you can watch or listen to again or share with a friend through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher is where you can subscribe. But if you have the Way Media app already downloaded on your mobile device or you know how to get to the WayMedia.net through one of them interweb browsers, then you can get to Signs of the Times anytime, and that's the only place that you can read the articles that we discuss, and discuss we will. Amen. But only when we welcome in our prophetic traffic cop as he stands at the intersection of the Word of God and the world's news, Pastor Mark. If I had a whistle, I would blow it. Yes, you would. All right, but it's great to be here. Well, it's good to be here as well. (laughs) It's good to have you here, actually. I'm excited about today. It's going to be a great day. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Okay, so, folks, thanks for joining us, and we're going to get right into it. You've got me. This is our Truth in 10 segment, where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less. Pastor Mark, our first question comes from Nikki, and Nikki has a question regarding Jeremiah chapter 30. And I'll read the uh, verses to you. These are verses 5 through 7 from the New King James Version. For thus says the Lord, "We we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace, Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with a child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor, and all faces turn pale? Alas, for that day is great, so that no, so that none is like it. And it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So she's got four questions. Yep. Here's the first one. Am I correct in that Jacob's trouble is referring to tribulation or really what we know in the bible is the great tribulation yes absolutely and yes that is referring to the great tribulation as a matter of fact throughout scripture it talks about the time of jacob's trouble and links it to the great tribulation and it says it will be the worst time in world history as far as just the evil in the world and all the things that will be taking place um and you know even the fact that it talks about a woman in labor there in the in the verse Again, a woman in labor is in severe pain and distress. It's a time of her trouble, if you will, in giving birth. And in the Great Tribulation, we're giving birth to the new kingdom as God carries out all these judgments. And so, yes, the time of Jacob's trouble, uh, the worst time in world history, will and is talking about the Great Tribulation. Yeah, and that Great Tribulation is in the book of Revelation. And it's good to point out right now as we talk about tribulation, we're in tribulation right now. Yes, we are. We're just not in the Great Tribulation. That's right. The, it's important that's right. to make the that distinction. Great tri- absolutely. Uh, question number two, Pastor Mark, is given that our culture is now saying birthing person instead of woman, I find the verse asking if a man can have a baby peculiar. Yeah. So how, I mean, 
It, it is there is, any correlation it, to that? It's not a huge prophetic okay. point, but I will say this. I do think there is a level of demonic mockery that goes on in the Scripture, because this is not the only place that type of thing happens. So it's very uh, observant there, Nikki, as you, as you observe that. Um, I won't give it more than it's worth, and I won't give it less than it's worth, but... In the scripture, we see where, you know, God says, if you walk on hot rocks, you know, will it not burn your feet? And you see in a lot of the New Age spiritism type of uh, religions, they have this thing where they walk on the hot rocks, and that shows somehow that you're able to do something at a higher level of consciousness. But what they don't really, you don't really think through is when God's talking about, he's talking about if you walk long term on regular stones that are fiery hot, you're going to burn yourself. And that is a scientific fact. What they do is they use these porous basalt rocks that have holes in them that retain a certain level of heat, but not like real rocks would retain, and they make it a very short journey over the rock, down the other side, and if you're at these you know, outings where you go somewhere in, in the desert and do these things, then you're seeing this now you've reached some higher level of something, and so it's a spiritual type experience. Enlightenment, probably. Yeah, and so yeah. it's, it's almost kind of like saying, God said you can't do it, but I'll prove you can. You know, nah, 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 nah. And so a man can't have a baby. Well, now they're having babies, so nah, nah, nah. Well, here's the truth. First of all, the rock thing is an illusion because that's not what God was talking about. Uh, this is an alteration of that that he mocks with. And number two, it's not really men having babies. It is still women genetically that are calling themselves men. A man can't have a baby. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's impossible. They don't have the anatomy. There's no way that could happen. But you have women who say they're men and maybe even go through, you know, changes, even medical things, whatever, and say they're having a baby. So I see it as a side note of mockery, but I do believe there's something with the enemy mocking God there because you see it in other places as well. So, again, uh, you know, good question. Well, and God's got your gender down to the DNA, so it doesn't matter what outside changes you make to your That's body. Right. The DNA that God gave you at birth That's says right. that you're still a man You can't change woman. It. I mean, the, change the, the chromosomes are what they are. Yeah. And that's just how it is. All right. Question number three, Pastor Mark. Uh, Nikki uh, skips down to verse 24, and it says in verse 24, in the latter days, you will consider it. Yes. Uh, uh, she says, am I taking this to mean that in the latter days we will understand? It? Yes, absolutely. And once again, it's, it's great to see how all these prophecy students out there answering their own questions. Nikki, you nailed it because the Bible says in the last days, yes, more information will be revealed. We will understand more things. The end of Daniel, I was reading that just today in Daniel chapter 12. He talks about knowledge will increase in the last days. And I think there is a reference to uh, technology that we see today, no doubt, because that has exploded here in this final, uh, I believe, moment of the last days, uh, which God said it would, and God held back until then. But also, it does speak of uh, when Daniel, in the context there, he's talking about prophetic knowledge as well to Daniel. So he's speaking directly to the nation of Israel because they are the descendants of Jacob. They're the ones that will be uh, still here, sadly, during the time of Jacob's trouble because they get saved after the rapture. So he's referring to them and letting them know, um, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that you're going to understand it. You will consider it. You will understand what's going on, which brings up a good point, Greg, because they also will understand. God will open their understanding as they get saved after the rapture. And when you read Jesus in Matthew 24 telling them specifically to flee down to Petra, uh, when they see the Antichrist declare that he's God there on the Temple Mount, they will understand that. They, they know that scripture now. Many of them do because of all the tourism and, and just that kind of stuff. But when God opens their eyes, they're going to recognize at that moment, hey, this is us. We're supposed to flee to Petra and they're all going to take off. So they don't see it now, but they will. That's what this is referring to. The eyes will be opened of regular believers as we get closer to the end and the god will open the eyes of the jews specifically for what they need at the very end as well all right uh the last question she has is basically she's just asking is this a clue to what will be a sign of the times yes and that also uh is true as well uh, but remember we will not see those birth pangs uh we'll, we'll we will see the beginning of sorrows matthew 24 verse 8 uh, we don't know how far as believers we will go into the beginning of sorrows, but literally the language beginning of sorrows means the beginning of birth pangs. So this old woman in labor, time of Jacob's trouble, birth pangs, all this is tied together. God uses that consistently to say it's going to be like a woman about to give birth, very painful in contractions, increasing contractions. And um, when you see these things start to happen, yes, it is a sign that you're in the last days. Then once the rapture takes place, then these, I mean, the contractions, we're talking, they're going to kick in full throttle, and you're going to see the heaviest contractions the last three and a half years. 
But you're going to see regular contractions kick in after the rapture of the church, and it is a sign of the times. But these will be signs of the times that will happen after the rapture. We will probably and are seeing the headwinds, I would say, of the storm. But the real storm will be experienced by the Jews and the Gentiles who get saved after the rapture. Pastor Mark, our next uh, Truth in 10 question comes from Michael. And Michael's title for his question is, what's up with Enoch? Yeah. Uh, he says, so I've been asked this many times. What about the book of Enoch? Jesus quotes from it, according to Michael here, and it is it used to be a part of the Bible. What do I say to people about this? And yeah. what do you say about the statements that Jesus quotes from it, and it used to be a part of the Bible? Yeah. Let me kind of start with a big overview and then kind of narrow down with some details as we get in closer to answering this, uh, Michael. Great question. The book of Enoch is coming up a lot lately. And the reason being is there is a theology out there and even a book out there that talks about uh, certain things and even builds a theology on the book of Enoch. And the whole theology is built on, hey, here's a book that was left out of the Bible. It gives us more details about angels, a supposed council of the gods in heaven and all these different kinds of things that you don't find in the Bible, but you do find in the book of Enoch. And it is used for this whole really almost cult like uh, false teaching um about the bible and it's it's again there's a reason that enoch the book of enoch is not one of the books of the bible Now, enoch was a real person the seventh from adam the bible tells us and again we do see that you know again when they say that jesus quoted enoch i would dispute that the verse they use i i think i think you're having to kind of maybe squint with your head turned sideways to say that the lord is is by any way uh, it, it does not at all indicate that the lord is quoting him by the statement the lord made from my perspective but even if he did, that doesn't legitimize the book of Enoch. Because let me say this, we know that the book of Enoch was quoted um, by Jude. In the book of Jude, it says, And the Lord will come, th- come with ten thousands of his saints. That's directly from the book of Enoch. And the reason we know that is because we found that in a portion of the book of Enoch in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, so you say, well, there was that book. It was around. That portion was there. Why was it included in the scripture? Let me first of all address the issue of it being quoted. As I said, I do not believe Jesus quoted it um, from my perspective of that. But even if he did, uh, let's move on to Jude, because I think Jude very clearly did quote it. Just because somebody quotes a statement out of a book does not mean that book is the Bible. And doesn't mean that book should be included in the Bible. That's absurd. That'd be like saying if I quoted anybody from any book and used it in a teaching while I was teaching the Bible, that I legitimized that author or that book or that thought they were trying to present saying that's scripture. No, sometimes you quote an appropriate quote, even if it's not Bible, to make a point in the Bible. Um, you know, I, I, for example, we look at what Titus was saying uh, in the book of Titus. Um, it says this, for there are many insubordinate Actually, Paul writing to Titus, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert entire households, teaching things which they not ought. This is Titus 1, 10 and 12, uh, through 10 through 13, uh, for the sake of dishonest gain. He says, one of them, a prophet of their own, that is a false teaching prophet, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Well, this testimony is true. Paul's using the argument when he writes to Titus to say, look, even this unsaved false prophet in his own writings quoted something that was true. Cretans are liars. They are evil beasts and they are lazy gluttons. So the fact that he quoted a false prophet from a false teaching and put it in Titus to make a point to Titus does not legitimize the book that this false prophet wrote or any of his writings. It's simply a quote from him to make a point. Jude did the same thing. He took a quote from the book of Enoch to make a point. It does in no way legitimize the book of Enoch or say that it should have been scripture. Now, that had to first be covered. Now, how do we know that it's not scripture and why is it not? Again, for those of you that want to go out there and look up hermeneutics and hermeneutical principles, all that means is a big fancy word that means how you interpret the Bible. And you'll find actually several different models out there uh, some that have five different hermeneutical principles some that have seven some that add some some that leave some out here's the bottom line the hermeneutical principles are developed by men to determine what is really the bible and what is not and one of the things that they all say which has to stand true is 
there cannot be any provable errors or provable contradictions of other scripture that has clearly been identified by God as scripture. Enoch is full of errors. It is full of false teachings. It is full of things that contradict the scripture. So that's why Enoch cannot be accepted as a book of the Bible. Let me just read a few of them to you. In Enoch chapter 22, it contradicts the Bible's description of past, present, and future dwelling places for the righteous who die. Uh, in 33 verses 1 and 2, it says that heaven rests on a foundation that is at the eastern edge of the earth. In um, uh, in, in Enoch 33.3, he claims he counted the stars and individually mapped them, which is impossible scripturally and scientifically. Yeah. Um, in 34, uh, he says the winds came out of a portal in the at the northern edge of the earth. That's where all the winds come from. He says in 36.3 that the stars come out of portals on the eastern edge of the earth and move west. Uh, 38.5-6 contradicts Daniel and other prophecies about the millennial reign. I'm going to give a couple more. Uh, Chapter 40, verse 7 talks about the different Satans, plural, that are different from the Bible's Satan Mm. and gives that name to only one fallen angel. Uh, implies Satan can't also implies in that same verse that Satan can't stand in the presence of God, which goes contrary to Job's chapter one and two chapters one and two again, 41, one through two says the kingdom of God is divided. Um, it is not and can't be scripturally divided. Uh, I apologize for blocking the camera. I just realized I was doing that for those of you watching at home. Um, verse 47, uh, chapter 47, verse four says God requires the blood of saints uh, chapter 51, verse 1 says, Sheol and hell will give back to the earth. Um, 51, verse 2, disputes the Bible's doctrine that we are chosen by God. Again, um, Enoch in chapter 10, verse 2, wrote about Noah, even though the Bible teaches that Enoch was was taken up to heaven before Noah was even born. And now you could say, well, that's prophetic, but again... Uh, uh, chapters 10, verses 4 through 6, again, implies that angels can be bound and hidden in holes under rocks. Like a hobbit? Well, you know, it, it, again, it's like any bad hobbit, you want to break it. Uh, and I would say if you're <laughs> oh, reading books, I'd say if you're reading, if you're reading books outside of the scripture, stop it. Break the hobbit. <laughs> here's, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. For a book to be considered, I'm gonna, I want to end with two things. A statement here, then one final statement on this segment. And that is this. For a book to be considered the word of God, it has to be 100% accurate with no contradictions to any other scripture. I only gave you a few of a multitude of not only false teachings in the book of Enoch, but things that in multiple places contradict scripture that Jesus himself verified. So the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict himself. Jesus is not going to contradict himself. And the word of God will always be 100% accurate or it's not the word of God. God doesn't make mistakes. All right. So let me just say that to put it for those of you that need the scientific evidence or the a scholastic proof there it is and you can look any of this up online you'd like to and find this these this information but the last thing i want to say is this and i want to again encourage anyone out there that's thinking about books outside the bible for example the apocrypha why isn't the apocrypha included in the bible you, you'll see in many of the of the catholic bibles and other places the apocrypha which has a number of other books that are supposedly scripture the reason they were not included in Scripture by the founding fathers, uh, you know, Christian fathers of past history. They were put, led by the Spirit to put the whole to, thing yes, together. Yes, to put what they call the canon. or The, canon, the or, canonization. Or, yes, yes. The, all the books of the Bible is the same reason. They may contain some truths in them, even like Enoch. Tens of thousands will come back. They may even be quoted, even like Jude did with Enoch. But they have mistakes, errors, and outright falsehoods that negate them um, from being the word of God. So the Apocrypha can't be the word of God. Enoch can't be the word of God. And and the other books you have that claim to be, they can't be because of mistakes, errors, contradictions. God doesn't make mistakes. So you can prove that scholastically if you want to do that. Uh, fine, do it. You need to see the evidence yourself. But let me just say the overriding factor for me in all of this. And, and here's the question we have to ask. Can God write a book, put in it what he wants, and preserve it for mankind? If he can't, he's not God, which means God is not going to allow mankind to confuse mankind with what his eternal plan and message and word is. So God wrote it. God moved in men's hearts to put in there what he wanted in there. 
and God has preserved it throughout time, which was proven by the Dead Sea Scrolls, where every single one of the books of the Bible, not in completion, but parts of every single book of the Bible, all 66, was found. It used to be in the past, they said they didn't find any of Esther. They have since found a fragment from Esther from the Dead Sea Scrolls due to new technology. So now portions of every book of the Bible have been found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And from the portions we have, which are 300 years prior to Jesus Christ, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, two to 300 years prior to Christ, they all line up exactly in harmony and say the same thing back then that we have in our hands today, proving the Bible has not been changed. God has not allowed man to tamper with it. God has not allowed man to change it. Now, can men write things today and tamper and change it? They can. But for the student who goes back to the ancient Hebrew and the ancient Greek and the ancient Chaldee, which is six of the chapters in Daniel, it will be exactly the same as it was in the Dead Sea Scrolls and throughout time. God wrote it. God moved in man's hearts of which books would be in there, and God has preserved it. So it's good to have the scientific evidence and the scholastic studies to prove. I think that's good. So you can have answers for those that, even like today, that have honest questions. I'm not certainly not chastising anyone for asking this question. It is a great question, and I'm happy to be able to share these facts with you on Signs of the Times. But to reassure you as believers, your God is big enough to write a book, move in men's hearts of what's in it, and preserve it. And you can take that to the bank eternally and rest, because even though we know he can do that, he proves it scholastically so that those who have questions can get their questions answered. Uh, Michael, Nikki, thank you for your questions. And if you've got a question uh, that my, like Michael and Nikki have asked, we invite you to visit thewaymedia.net or the Waymedia app. Just navigate your way to Signs of the Times, and you'll see where it says Ask a Prophecy Question. And you can also look at the Prophecy Frequently Asked Questions as well. Pastor Mark, this opens up another question that I have for you for the time that we've got remaining in this first half. Great. And that is in God writing the Bible through men, Second Timothy 3.16. That's right. There are some things in Scripture that are just as plain as day. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus yes. said, no one comes to the Father except by me. Yes. That's pretty straightforward. Doesn't really require, requires basic comprehension you of the English language. You believe or you don't. Okay. That's right. Yep. Then there are the parables that Jesus spoke of. Yes. And, and Jesus talked about the reasons why he spoke in parables, right. which opens up to and maybe we you you can reset that answer because then it opens up to the larger uh portion of all of scripture and especially when we're looking at some things of prophecy where it requires uh several different verses to understand a position or a take that the bible is taking prophetically right and maybe you can speak to as you understand as you've studied the bible bible and looked at expositional constancy and things like that, why God wrote the Bible where some things have to be, you've got to dig for these things to right. find them, right. and other things are right on the surface. Yeah, well, again, that's a great uh, question, Greg, and the, God makes it very clear in Scripture that for those who dig, there's reward. If you read that, he says, look, you don't, you don't find gold without digging for it. You don't find silver without digging for it. You have to, there's a reward for those. The Proverbs talk all about it. Um, the principles are all through Scripture. And that is this, God reveals enough information to all of mankind uh, to be saved and to have answers. But if you want to go deeper in the things of God, you've got to seek God and cry out. I think about what he said to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, he said, call to me, call on to me, and I will mm. show you things that you've never seen. You, you, you put in forth the effort, you dig to find the gold, and the gold will be there. Um, he talks about re revealing things in the parables. Again, a lot of people think parables were there, and for some reason, some people believe to confuse people. No, a parable is there to make something clearer. You know, it's, it, and God says, look, it's not that you can't understand, you won't. So I'm going to give you a different way that those who have ears to hear can hear, and you will understand. And so it's, it's really more of a way to understand the deeper things. It even talks about in Revelation, it says, if you seek God, I will, show, I will give you the hidden manna. Mm. Manna being the word of God in type. And what he's saying is, if you seek me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I will show you things that other people don't see. You know, again, we talked about Daniel. The end of Daniel chapter 12, he says, in the last days, the righteous will understand all that's happening based on prophecy in the word. The unrighteous will not have any clue. They won't understand why. They're not looking for it. They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear. They themselves have shut their eyes, he said. They have closed their ears so that he couldn't show them the truth. Um, so, yeah, the word of God is it's basically look, here it is. You pick it up and there's great reward on the surface. 
But for those who will really dig into it, there is tremendous, deep riches that will transform your life and the lives around you and give you further information and insight, even in the last days, things that are going to happen. For example, when you go back and read Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 9, rather, he talks about Daniel's 70 weeks. Well, the casual reader is going to go, I can't understand that. Who cares about it? Whatever. But as you begin to dig as to what it meant in that day by 70 weeks, being weeks of years, and you begin to look at who the Antichrist is going to be and the revived Roman Empire, I mean, the Bible begins to explode, and you get more and more excited because you have greater understanding. But if you don't dig... The Bible says when the Lord comes back, he will be our light and will no longer need there in Jerusalem. He will be the light. The sun and the moon will not be needed, so to speak. That word light, Greg, means it's the word menorah. Mm. Okay, here's what the digging. You can read that. Jesus yeah. will be our light. We've got it. Let's go di- deeper now. What you said, let's dig some. That word is menorah. Whoa. What is a menorah? Look it up. The menorah is the seven-branched candelabra or candlestick that ran by oil, not really candles, but oil and wicks. That was in the temple and was referred to by the Jews as the light of the world. So Jesus is saying, when I come back, and he even said, I am the light of the world. Jesus said that. So he was saying, I'm the candelabra. I'm the light of the holy place. When he comes back, he will literally be the light of the world, lighting the world. He will be the world's candelabra. Seven branch thing. Seven branches. You dig more, you find out that's the number of completion. Jesus himself is, you know, again, number eight, the number of new beginnings is what his name means. So he'll bring in new beginnings with complete light. He'll be lighting the temple of God, all the earth, those who worship him. Now, that's one small example of digging a little bit beyond the surface For the riches that are underneath, it is replete with riches and fullness and excitement and things that explode that if it don't get you excited, you're dead or definitely not (laughs) saved Yeah, because it's very, very exciting. And so, so I would encourage all of our listeners, learn how to study the Bible, learn how to go deeper, look up the Hebrew words, look up the Greek words, look up the background. What did it mean in that situation when they said this? Because for the casual reader, yes, you can get excited. Yes, you can get saved. All you need to know is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You confess your sin, you give your life to Christ, you're saved. But if you want to get a picture of the millennial kingdom and see the beautiful picture of Jesus being our emanating light from the temple that lights the entire world as we worship him for a thousand years, you're going to need to dig a little bit deeper. But there's great reward. For those who go into the earth looking for that vein of gold, they will find it. And so, again, a uh, great question, and I would just encourage all of our listeners. That's why I love the questions, yeah. because it makes us go a little bit deeper and get more answers. When you start asking questions, you have to go deeper to get the answers, and you're going to grow. If if someone and and this is and that's a good challenge, and it's a good challenge for everyone at least one time, at least at the very at the very minimum, do an exegetical study on a passage. Yes, and and maybe uh, is there like a good online resource or something that you would trust? That could walk somebody through the basics. Maybe I, I think when you study, you're doing about twelve or thirteen points uh, that you're going through. Are you not? I mean, well, I mean you, got, you go pretty deep in terms of the I've different got a whole things. System of what I go through over the years that I've developed. Yes, yes, exactly. But just for someone, just to just to scratch the surface yes. and get to the the Greek and the Hebrew meanings yes. and and things like that. Can you recommend something? I can. Maybe? Okay. I'll give two things very basic that'll help somebody begin to grow in this area. Go to Blue Letter Bible online. It's called Blue Letter Bible. I think it's maybe yeah, it's Blue Bible. Letter Bible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's dot org or dot com, but if you just yeah. do Blue Le- Blue Letter Bible, you'll get to it. They have resources on there for word studies. You, you just type in your passage. It gives you a place to put the passage in, and then you'll see all these things that say tools, and you click on them, and they'll give you the Greek and Hebrew words. Hebrew will be if you're in Old Testament, Greek if you're in New, and will give you the basic meaning. Again, it's not super deep, but it's understanding the language in its own language. So already you've taken a level deeper. Number two, I would go and look up online um, uh, inductive Bible study. They're all going to be pretty good out there. They, they have three basic steps. You take a verse, you get the facts, the interpretation, and the application. Those are the three main steps. And so when you get all your words and you understand them, you write the facts of the verse, the interpretation of that of those facts, and then how does that apply to my life? And you will begin to have the scriptures explode. You will see things you've never seen in your life. It'll give you a whole new Bible study world with just those two things. So begin there. And if you want more, contact us here. I'll, yeah. Again, we, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll be happy to walk you through that and teach yeah. you and, and direct you to, to, uh, Bible colleges, Calvary colleges that teach more in depth. We'll get you going down the right path. I remember, uh, years ago when I first taught kids church and I'm just studying to basically just teach 20 minutes worth of these kids. And I remember the first time I did it 
You did what we talked about. I called you. And I'm like, Mark, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I've got all this information. I cannot possibly teach it to them in 20 minutes. He says, just ask God what you want, what he wants to show the kids through you. And the rest of it is just your blessing. There you go. Amen. Great way to look at it. Yep. Okay, folks, we've got lots of articles to get to when we return. So don't go anywhere unless you need to go to the bathroom or get a drink. And Signs of the Times (laughs) will continue on WIAM right after this. W-I-A-M-L-P. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. It's crazy money day. Hey, I'm Chuck Bentley with my money line from Crown. Customer service has always been important to me. An organization's reputation is built upon it. In July, Ann and I flew to a conference in Colorado. Coming back was a nightmare. We got up early to drive two hours into Denver International. I received an email on the way that our flight was canceled. They rebooked us on a flight departing several hours earlier. (laughs) Of course, we missed it. So there was no room for us on the next flight, so we missed our connecting flight as well. The employees were inept and unprofessional, and we resolved to never fly that airlines again. Customer care is an integral part of building a business. Horst Schultz, co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, knows this very well. He single-handedly set the business operation and service standards that made the Ritz-Carlton brand globally elite and world-famous. In his book, Excellence Wins, he says, Customer service starts the instant you make contact with an individual. To make customer service a reality and not just a label, we have to hire the right kind of people and orient them thoroughly at the start. And then we have to repeat our values again and again. Every last employee contributes to creating loyalty among customers. If we settle for lesser goals, like meeting the budget, for example, or safeguarding our jobs in a tough economy, we'll miss the most important work. Well, clearly, the airline we used in July didn't know this. Now, if you're struggling with crazy credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan just for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline at 800-722-1976 or visit online at crown.org slash ccc. That's crown.org slash ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. In tough times, especially in those seasons where you don't want to, it's always good to sing a song under the Lord. It always seems to lift you up. Like, oh, I don't want to sing anything right now. I know it's the heaviness, isn't it? You could be inches away of just saying, don't call me pleasant. You call me Mara. And Well, let's sing a song. Oh, I don't want to sing a song under the Lord. As a matter of fact, you know, I think I'll go to Bible study, but I'm getting in there late, man. I don't want to hear any of that worship. I don't want to sing. Just give me the word. But you know, there's a praise, a garment of praise that replaces the spirit of heaviness that only comes from the Lord. For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. This is episode 188. For those listening or watching the podcast later on, we appreciate you taking the time to enjoy Signs of the Times. we got many people that watch or listen live on Friday afternoons at 1.30, uh, but uh, other times uh, you can't really do that. At Friday at one thirty, not live working, anyway. Not live, yeah. But unless you're doing it from your desk at work, and yeah. really, you should be working. That's right. That's right. But you always get the podcast. But you can get the podcast yes. later. Anyway, all right. Let's get in. Let's do it. it. Let's yes. do it. Let's go to Israel. I want to so bad. You know, I, I know you do. I'm thinking about this morning. I crave Jerusalem. I crave it. You know, how many times was that trip to Israel canceled? It was canceled three, three times. times. It was three times. Yeah. Yet the fourth time, actually, the fourth time it was canceled is when we had to withdraw it. But I hope we can go again. I'm gonna. I'm taking the whole next year off 
And if we make it, if God, the rapture doesn't happen by 2023, <laughs> we're back on for Israel. I'm going to try in 2022 because everybody got too disappointed and shut down too many times. But anyway, I got a sidetrack. But yes, I hope that's if okay. the rapture doesn't happen, I hope to be back in Israel by 2023. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Israel Today uh, website is reporting or talking about when a Saudi prince praised Israel before the whole world. What does this mean? And for those new, explain why Saudi Arabia who was once an enemy of Israel, so to speak, with yeah. all the other nations around her, is now somehow friendly toward her. It's really, it's very interesting, and it all goes back to uh, Esau and Jacob, or Esau and Isaac, I'm sorry, Isaac and Ishmael. Isaac and Ishmael, yeah. uh, Isaac and Ishmael um, you know, they both were children of Abraham. Uh, they took different paths. The promise uh, of the Messiah was to come through Isaac's line, which we know happened with what we call today the Jewish people. And the Ishmael line is who we call today the Saudis. The Arabs are the Ishmaeli line. So I, I find this interesting. Let me read a little bit of it, and I'll tell you why I wanted to include this today. Major players in the Arab world no longer view the state of Israel as a pariah, or worse, as a cancer that must be eradicated. While there might yet be full normalization with all of them, it's becoming increasingly clear that the major players in the Arab world no longer view the state of Israel as a pariah or this cancer. In fact, some Arab leaders even now are going so far to suggest they're glad Israel's a part of the Middle East family. One of those is Prince Fasel bin Farhan al-Saud, the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia. Following his meeting with U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken last week, the Saudi told reporters uh, that from Riyadh's viewpoint, Israel has contributed to regional stability and a path toward Peace. The difference today is that the Saudis and other regional powers are no longer blaming Israel, at least not exclusively, for the continued stagnation of the peace process with the Palestinians. They're saying again, uh, you know, the Palestinians have a, have a part in this, and they're increasingly willing to move forward with their own normalization deals. In the meantime, uh, the net effect is that the Arab world begins finally to understand that Israel really does want peace. Here's what I find really neat. God talks about in the last days restoring what can be restored. All things that can't be restored will be shaken. Things that can be uh, saved or restored, he'll save and restore. And it's interesting to me to see this family break up back with uh, Abraham and Sarah and uh, Isaac. You know, this whole thing happened with Ishmael. And, and they've been in each other's you know throat literally since then. And uh, it, it, you, you see, when Abraham died, the, the, the brothers came together. They both went to his graveside when he died. They were joined together. You didn't see them together any time before that. They were together after that. You didn't see them again after that. So they honored their father to come together for the final goodbye. And now in the last days, it's interesting to me to see God stirring the descendants of Ishmael to once again begin to kind of, I think, reconcile with their brother um, Isaac and saying, you know, he's not so bad. You know, a lot of times, and this is encouraging in a lot of ways. I think historically and just biblically, it's kind of exciting to see God doing this, and I think he is. But also for those of you out there that have family members where you've been separated because of uh, tensions with the Word of God and those against, it shows that God can and sometimes does bring those families back together. It doesn't always work that way, but it is an encouragement. And this is more of almost like a feel-good story for me that I wanted to include yeah. because I love seeing these brothers, these children of Abraham. It's got to be a blessing to Abraham as he's in the kingdom. And I do believe, I don't know how much they watch and see. I'm sure they're filled with the kingdom and all that's going on. But I do believe there's some element where we can view the earth, at least during the Great Tribulation. It appears we're going to be viewing what's happening on the earth during that seven-year process. So probably there's times, God, I'm sure they can see some of the things happening here. I, again, I think that for Abraham to know that his sons are coming back together, it's got to bless him. So it's, it's yeah. just a feel-good story. And uh, when we look at the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, when it talks about the countries yeah. that will be joining together to come against Israel, God was faithful enough there to to specifically call out that Saudi Arabia is not one of the countries that's right they that is joining in now it doesn't say Saudi Arabia what country does it say yes it's, it says that um um oh well my mind just went blank oh I'm right? sorry no no I know it's, I didn't mean to put you on no, the spot no no I know this my okay, mind just went that blank. means I in my employee review no. <laughs> I I will be admonished come on later. Mark what's wrong with yes. you I'll get it in a second so, uh, but let me just make a point <laughs> while I'm finding this Greg because um. A lot of people go, wait a minute, what about all the others, like the Palestinians and all those different people there? What's going on with them? They're, remember, all of them are not Arabs. Everyone thinks that everyone in the Middle East that isn't Jewish is an Arab. That's not true. It's very specific 
Uh, Arabs are very specific to the descendants of Ishmael, uh, and so don't confuse yourself with that. He goes on to say... Um, Sheba and Dedan. Thank you very much. Sheba and Dedan. I don't know why that slipped my mind. That's okay. Sheba and Dedan is the ancient word for the region of Saudi Arabia, and so Saudi Arabia is Sheba and Dedan, and yes, that's, again, that they're the ones saying, when everybody's attacking and moving against Israel, they're like, we're not gonna, why are you doing this? In other words, we're not going to be a part of this. We're not doing it. So um, I, I just think it's neat, and um, it lines up with Scripture as well, with them being friendly to Israel in the last days, the region of yeah. Sheba and Dedan, the descendants of Ishmael, and again, modern-day Saudi Arabia. More prophecy coming to pass. I love it. Yes. I love it. And speaking of Ezekiel 38 and 39, we have to get into the war, so to speak. Yes. Um, our first article, Pastor Mark, comes from jpost.com. Uh uh, and according to the Jerusalem Post, Iran aspires to build an army on Israel's Golan border, and other stories are going to reveal that they're going to be allowed to do so. Yeah, this is these two, again, linked together, looking at the setup for this battle of the Russian-Iranian invasion. The 8th Brigade, which joins forces with Syria's army, or joined forces uh, with Syria's army uh, two years ago, uh, could disarm amid the reconciliation process uh, in the Dara province. Uh, Russia basically put together a militia there on the border of Sir- and Syria. I forgot to read. I forgot to give you that second story. That's I, okay. I see they both they both link together. They yes. do. And I, that's okay. I'm that's linking okay. them together just because they they work together so yeah. well. Russia had put together a, a a military brigade there, if you will, on the border that they're now disbanding, which makes way for the Iranians to come in and set up their own brigades right there once again on the Syrian Israeli border. Um, and so, at the same time, as we know, Israel's preparing for all options of. of of Iran attacking, of attacking them, if you will. Um, this is interesting, Greg, because at the same time, the door is being opened up for this forces of Iran to move in and Russia not stopping them on the border. Israel's at the same time saying, we're going to put all of our, we're going to expand that area. Right now, uh, Bennett, Prime Minister Bennett is saying, we're going to create new neighborhoods in that area. So he's expanding the Golan Heights as far as the Jews living there, saying it'll always be ours. We're not giving it back. At the same time, Russia's backing away, saying now we're going to let the military of Iran move in because we're moving our 8th Brigade, which we put together on the border. And so um, you can see the tension building here. They're both pushing their direction. Israel's pushing their settlements further up there, and you're seeing Iran pushing their way up now to the border. And again, all it takes is something to flip this switch. Iran moves. We see the hooks in the jaw with Russia. They attack, and this whole thing's underway. So uh, linking those two together, just showing once again... All the pieces are being put to place. It goes back to Nikki's uh, comment that she made. Are these signs of the times? These are signs of the times very clearly. Yeah. Now, Israel is going to work to defend herself. That's right. And as a matter of fact, all nations are going to turn against her. And eventually, they're going to even realize that they themselves don't have the capacity to do so. That's when God steps in. Yep. But in the meantime, these two articles, the first one from Israel Today, uh, talks about Israel approving a budget for uh, striking Iran in their military budget. And um, Israel is preparing for all options, including military force beyond yeah. airstrikes. This according to ChristianHeadlines.com. So both of those articles, yes. let's talk about that. Yeah, let me start with the one Israel preparing for all options. Listen to this. As Iran continues to advance its nuclear program, Israel's developing military plans to push back against it if necessary. In a briefing attended by CBN News, an Israeli security official told journalists that the Iranians today are closer to creating fissile material for nuclear weapons than ever in the past. In light of the Iranian progress of their nuclear program, we're preparing for all options, all scenarios, including military capabilities. Now, a quick comment on this. We saw a delay in the advance of Iran, and we've talked about them a lot in the past. Mainly, one of the real reasons in the last few years is because President Trump came in and shut down that whole agreement that would allow them to continue to build their nuclear weapons uh, while supposedly they were coming under other restrictions, which we know they weren't doing. So they kind of were put on hold. They couldn't get their supplies. You know, it's a lot like in America. You couldn't get anything you ordered, even if it was through Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Amazon tr- ordered a nuclear reactor for Iran. Why is it not coming? It's blocked off the coast. <laughs> because by... you didn't subscribe to Amazon Prime. That's right. That's and why. even if you had, you couldn't get it right now That's because right. everything is parked out in the ocean. Anyway, so, so um, you know, it's interesting to see that it was put on hold. Well, now when President Biden came in, they just said, they, basically, we're out of the way. We're not going to do anything to stop you. No restrictions. We're dropping all sanctions. I mean, we're, we're, they, they can now get all their shipments. Everything's back to normal. So when that happens, immediately they started rebuilding their program to get the nuclear capability they need to build a bomb, which again leads to the second article you brought up, Greg, and that is the war alert because they approved the budget. Now, 
Well, let me read this and then talk about why you would approve a budget. Israel this week set aside 5 billion shekels, roughly $1.5 billion, for a possible assault on Iran's nuclear facilities. The money will come from the current state budgets and the upcoming budget set to be voted on next month. The decision was the most concrete evidence yet that Israel is genuine in its threat to attack Iran and soon. The Channel 12 News report on the government decision noted that the $5 billion will be used to acquire and upgrade aircraft, gather intelligence, and buy bombs. It was certainly no coincidence that this news broke just one day after the U.S. Air Force announced the successful test of a new bunker buster bomb that can be carried by fighter jets. See, here's the issue. They didn't have planes big enough to carry that far, these bunker busters, big enough to attack their facilities. Well, now America has developed a missile that can be carried by a fighter jet that can go that deep, and Iran announces the next day, guess what? We're buying a lot of stuff. So this puts Iran on notice. Hey, we're getting what we need to blow you up, and if we have to, we will. And the only reason you prepare for it is if you plan to do it. Now, if it'll happen or not, we'll see. But it's very interesting. Let's go on. Israel's current bunker buster bombs can't penetrate some of Iran's more critical nuclear facilities, which are buried deep beneath large mountains. Nor does Israel possess the kind of heavy bombers capable of deploying the large bunker buster bombs in the current U.S. arsenal. But... The new GBU-72 Advanced 5K, that sounds like a great toy for a kid. I got the one, the new GB-272 Advanced 5K penetrator can penetrate, sorry, I got just a, moment, a little bit of a okay. kid there. Fisher-Price, my first yeah, bunker yeah, buster. Yeah, yes. uh, can penetrate all of Iran's nuclear facilities and was designed to be carried either by heavy bombers or, and this is where, Israel's, this is where Israel comes in, or, because they're only on the or part of this, or large fighter jets like... The F-15 and the F-45, uh, F-35, which Israel has in their fleet. Do they have the F-35? Okay. They do. Oh, yes. Okay. We sold Israel a number of the Because I know F-35. they got a bunch of slew of F-16s. Well, we have but, an agreement with Israel okay. that will keep them ahead technologically of, above all the nations around them as an ally. And, and still, at this point, we're still doing that. So President Trump sold them a, a, a bunch of F-35s, and they're, they're full. Now, get this. And I'll go back to the article yeah, yeah, one last yeah. quote, but I love it. Because Israel took our most advanced, the, the most advanced military plane in the world, the F-35, and they upgraded it once they got it. They took them all yeah. and upgraded them and made them even better. So Israel took the best and now made it better. Their F-35s are now better fighting machines than our F-35s. I, you got to love it. The wisdom God gives these guys. Anyway, Defense Minister Benny Gantz stated this, and I quote, We see that Iran is advancing toward the level of enrichment that would allow it, when it wished, to become a threshold state, that is to have a bomb, and we're making every effort to prevent that. We will invest in our offensive and defensive capabilities, improve our technological superiority, which they have, and accelerate our efforts in order to ensure that, despite the fact that Iran is foremost a global and regional challenge, Israel will always have the ability to defend its citizens with its own forces. I love it. Well, and what's really great is, you know what? Israel still does that. They defend their own citizens. How yeah. wonderful to be in a country like that. You know, when I'm when you were reading this article and talking about what our government has given or sold to Israel. Yes. My mind goes back to all, and we're going to get into some anti-Semitism, but my mind gets, you know, thinking about the anti-Semitism in this country, in our own government, and our own policymakers and whatever, but if if you don't believe in the spiritual battle, if you don't believe that God is sovereign and in control, because when you've got a group of people that hate Israel the way our our government does, do but now. yet but yet God holds them back from stopping this sale yeah. to to give this to Israel. Yeah, Listen, only it. God can do That's that right. in the midst That's of people right. that are breathing murderous threats. Yeah, just look at anyway, the fact that amazing. Israel, Greg, has been reborn and survived all these years and always has the edge on technology when everybody around them has larger numbers, able the ability to even put together money, I think, to get greater weaponry. And, and and God is supernaturally protecting them, giving them what they need. If you didn't believe, it's like, again, what Mark Twain said. They said, why do you believe uh, you know, in, in God's promises to Israel? He said, the yeah. Jew, my friend the jew the jew and that god is faithful to them and we're seeing it yeah. play out right in front of us we got 10 minutes left okay we can do this all right uh america uh this is uh rand paul uh he is a uh senator uh he is blasting anthony fauci who's uh, i don't know what what he is 
but maybe you can enlighten yeah. everyone uh, beyond his title. Yeah. Um, after the National Institute of Health admits gain of function fund- funding, and you're going to have to explain that. Yeah, well. this is Rand appalled. Might be a better way to say <laughs> oh, because oh, this guy is really, word. really upset. Uh, dis- <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just well, it was that's, good. That's it was the good girls a in laugh. the production room. It was, that last. Sometimes was, it comes through the mic. We apologize it's for that. Fantastic. But anyway, um, <laughs> Anthony Fauci again. Listen, there's a reason I put this in here. This is not. Um, let me just read it. Yes. Despite repeated denials by the NAAID director Anthony Fauci that his agency used American taxpayer money to fund Chinese gain of function, that means taking a virus and making it more uh, useful to hurt people. Making it worse yeah. than it is. Maybe even taking a virus that was that really was only found in animals yes, and now and, weaponizing it or making it available to be. Yeah. Yes, you're giving it gain of function. It can now work in people, and they're saying that's what this COVID virus is. Uh, on, uh, on, did it on bats with infected with the coronavirus. The National Institutes of Health, which oversees the NIAID, admitted in a letter to the House Oversight Committee ranking member James Comer that they did indeed conduct experiments. Now, this is interesting because Rand Paul, speaking to Congress, said, that is a lie. You don't know what you're talking about, Rand Paul. If anyone hears, well, let me just read it. Listen to this. Yeah. Uh, Comer's fellow Kentuckian, Senator Rand Paul, joined Fox News primetime to react to the bombshell, as well as further reflect on his often viral sparring with Fauci during Senate hearings on the matter. Earlier this year, uh, Paul accused Fauci of obfuscating the truth, a nice way of saying you're lying, and at one point asked if he wished to rescind prior remarks given that it's a felony to lot of Congress. In other words, we know that you were involved in a gain of function. Would you like to now retract that so that you don't get in trouble legally or you can at least make the record straight? Listen to this. The Brooklyn-born doctor responded tersely, if anyone's lying, it's you. Now we've seen, no, it was you, Mr. Fauci. You were lying to Congress. You were lying to the American people. And the the point, the reason I want to include this, it's not a gotcha moment. It's not a ha, we always knew it. That's not the point of this article. Here's the deal. It shows us that we can't trust what our government officials are telling us at this time in world history in America. Now, that is not to undermine our government. That is simply to make a statement. Government leaders that are being approved to lead us in, in things like COVID-19, we can't trust they're telling us the truth because now we've seen they're willfully lying. So what does that mean? Here's my only point. Do your own homework. I've been saying this from the beginning. Go out there. Look at the CDC website. Look at the FDA. Read the articles for yourself. Listen to Signs of the Times and look at the articles we put online so you can see the truth and not just blindly believe what everybody's believing as they're walking in this big, long line doing everything they're being told to do. Because the government officials have their purposes for doing what they're doing, and at least we know that some of them are not telling us the truth. We need to be awake and aware in the days in which we live. You give me the money and okay. I give you the One World Economy News, like Pastor Mark. This is from the Washington Post. Post, the Great Resignation Goes Global. Yes, this is interesting here. You talk about the Great Resignation, again, referring to all of the people that are now quitting their jobs because of being forced into this mandate. In the United States, the phenomenon dubbed as the Great Resignation seems to be picking up speed. A record 4.3 million U.S. workers quit their jobs in August, according to the new data from the Labor Department. That's just the beginning. A figure that expands to 20 million if measured back to April. And we're still not, this is not the future. Many of these resignations took place in the retail and hospitality sectors with employees opting out of difficult low-wage jobs. But the quitting spans a broad spectrum of the American workforce as the toll of the pandemic and the torturous path to recovery keeps fueling what the Atlantic writer Derek Thompson has described as centrifugal moment in American economic history. Wages are up, businesses face staffing shortages, while the experience of a sustained public health emergency has prompted a myriad of Americans to reevaluate their work options. And I quote, this pandemic has been going on for so long, it's affecting people mentally and physically. Danny Nelms, president of the Work uh, Institute, a consulting firm, told the Wall Street Journal, all these things are continuing to make people be reflective of their life and career and their jobs. Add to that over 10 million openings, and I want to uh, say... Uh, to do something different. It's not terribly hard to do. Now, here's the encouraging thing. Let me say this. Many of you out there are facing the loss of a job right now because of these mandates. You're convicted that God does not want you to take the shot, and you have the right to that conviction, right? Every person has to make their own decision. What she's saying in this article is, is that there's hope in this because oftentimes in history, when people have been forced to quit their jobs, 
It's opened up new opportunities as other jobs have been lost and new jobs created for even better jobs. So if you're depressed about this, this could be an opportunity historically. Listen to what she says. Workers who switch jobs almost always earn bigger raises than those who stay at the same firm. Greg, don't quit. But that gap is now the widest in more than two decades. Listen to what she says. For the average worker in a developed Western economy, there are reasons for encouragement. The truth is people in the 1960s and 70s quit their jobs more often than they have in the past 20 years, and the economy was better off for them because of it. Here's the bottom line. Um, don't be discouraged. God knows if you lose your job, I believe God will lead you to a new one. He's promised. He said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added. And it has shown historically, at least in recent history, sometimes you end up in a better position than you were before. So take heart, pray and trust in the Lord. Sorry. I just got a message from indeed.com. Uh, it's a job site. Anyway, uh, okay, I'm going to call Production Audible. I'm, we're going to get to anti-Semitism, but I want to include um, uh, pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption yes, yes. on here. Um, oh, what happened? Uh-oh. Oh. You're making noises over yeah, there. Yeah, I sure am. That's all right. Okay, you want to know because I had the wrong uh-huh. slider up. That's okay. See, that's why I'm looking for a job no, because please. I can't clearly run this board anymore. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. Here we go. Theblaze.com. Even doctors in red states are being punished for saving people from COVID. I thought this would be kind of job-related Yes, and indeed it is job-related because what's happening is there's such a strong agenda here, Greg, with these vaccines that even uh, doctors in, in states, in the uh, liberal states, they're, they're being attacked as well if they don't go along with the agenda. Notice what it says. You're, you're not allowed to treat COVID outpatient. It's not about any one drug. You'll be punished if you dare treat patients with anything that works. What began as 15 days to flatten the hospital curve has grown into two years of a ban on all treatment outside the hospital to ensure everyone sick with moderate disease lands in the ER. No, they will, prose- they will prosecute a doctor. They will just threaten to pull his license if, they, if the doctor treats them, which is why doctors won't even prescribe things like erythromycin or prednisone, much less ivermectin and other proven anti-inflammatories. What if you're part of the 1% of doctors who actually saves lives, who run toward the fire rather than away from it? Instead of getting a Medal of Honor, these national heroes are losing their licenses. Here's the point I wanted to make with this. Yes, it's sad they're losing their jobs. I'll trust that God's going to help them to find a place to work. But, Greg, this is definitely a sign of the time. I don't understand everything going on with this vaccine. Spirit of Antichrist. It truly is. I know that's the, absolutely. This is, there's a lot of things going on with the Spirit of Antichrist, and I think even uh, demonic stuff with yeah. it. I, I, again, I'm not saying if you've taken the shot, you're involved in demonism. That's not don't it, misunderstand yeah. me. I'm saying there's something going on when a virus that 99 point something percent of people all survive. And again, when you get in your 80s, it drops down to as low as 92 and 93%. I get that. But that's true with the flu and anything else when you're that old. So that's not out of the statistical range of just age-related deaths. When you have almost no healthy children dying. Yes, there have been a handful, a handful, but very few healthy children dying from it. And those that have died are in the hundreds worldwide. However, they all had pre-existing conditions of something else. So... Children basically are non-affected unless you've got some major issue going on. 99.9% of adults are living, or 99 point something percent of adults, depending on ages, are living from it. And yet, Greg, the world is uniting to say everyone had, has to do this. And our own president even threatening us saying, you better do this or we're coming after you, which they're doing now by fines and by losing jobs. This is, this is evil. There's evil behind this. And so I want you to recognize there is something larger going on with these force mandates. One main thing I will point out to our Signs of the Times listeners is this. As we've said it before, this is an obvious prep for the mark of the beast. This is not the mark of the beast, but it's an obvious prep because it's getting the mindset of all the people in the world ready to go along with following a world leader in doing something for the good of everyone on the planet. And don't complain, just go along. The mindset's now been placed, and it's going to happen through the mark of the beast down the road. Okay. We've got less than a minute to get this in. Israel365news.com, a report exposing pervasive top-down anti-Semitism among Irish politicians and activists. Well, again, we've talked about this before. I just wanted to make an honorable, I hate to say honorable mention, a a dishonorable (laughs) mention. Like we're handing out awards. Dishonorable mention. Remember, it says in Zechariah that in the last days, 
everyone will turn against the Jews. Jesus himself said, you will be hated by all men for my sake. That does apply in some cases to Gentiles throughout history, but it definitely applies to the Jews in the last days. So the bottom line is we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. A new report on anti-Semitism in Ireland provides a comprehensive and deeply disturbing look into how Irish politicians and activists use the guise of criticism uh, of Israel to promote anti-Semitism. So watch. The Jews are going to be hated more as we get toward the last days. Christians are going to be hated more as we get toward the last days. But God is going to be your refuge. He loves you, and he will be your protector and your provider. Take hope for those of you with your jobs threatened. God's promised to provide if you put him first. And you know what? He also promised for those who will love him and seek him first, he will rescue them from the judgment that's to come upon the, upon the entire world, the great tribulation. We will be rescued in the rapture of the church, which I believe is very, very near. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. Read the articles, subscribe to the podcast, and much more right from our website at thewaymedia.net. You just click on Signs of the Times, and the rest will be there. Plus, you can check out the other content at our website, thewaymedia.net or the Way Media app. We need to have Prophecy of the Year awards. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next Friday at one thirty with more Signs of the Times. Bravery lets you do things you never imagined possible. It's what you need to begin your walk with God. It delivers confidence in following. Bravery is the decision you can embrace when God says to stand firm, be bold, don't be afraid. Bravery banishes worry, anxiety, panic. If bravery is the strength you need, then you need to know that this is God's gift to you. Only God can offer the bravery you need. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. A million different ways I gotta trust, but there's only one decision.